Hi there, I'm Janet Quinlan, and this is Finding Joy in Motherhood, the podcast for women who are looking for practical tools and words of encouragement to create an orderly, joyful, faith and virtue-driven home. I'll share tips to create mindset shifts that change the way you discipline your children, love your husband, and enjoy your day. This podcast is about coaching women to be the best woman God is calling her to be. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and welcome to episode number 157, Creating Boundaries for Your Children. So you might notice in my voice, um, I think I'm coming down with something, but I wanted to record this podcast, so just bear with me if you hear a little frog or whatever going in there. Um, Let's talk about boundaries. Okay, why do we create boundaries? Boundaries, or guardrails, are limits on a child's behavior. Our children look to us to know what the limits are. They don't really have a developed prefrontal cortex that helps them think. They just do. And when they just do, they don't know really what they should and shouldn't be doing. Setting boundaries helps our children learn how to live in an adult world. And children seek limits on their behavior. They really do because boundaries help our children feel secure when they know what they can and cannot do. So when they're young, we set the guardrails close because they don't have agency over their emotions or their actions. As I mentioned, they don't have that prefrontal cortex, which helps them think. They just do or respond. And as they grow and mature in responsibility, we begin to widen the guardrails or boundaries according to their capacity to be responsible. Remember the concept of freedom with responsibility. So when children are young, they don't have a lot of freedom because they wouldn't know how to behave with all that freedom. But as they grow older, the more responsible they can become, the more freedom they can have. It's our job to teach them what is and isn't appropriate and acceptable behavior while they're figuring out freedom and responsibility. Children lose respect for adults who cannot set limits and stick to them. So if you're thinking that you're being nice by not setting limits for your children, you're not. You're showing them that you're weak. And actually, you're being unkind to your children when you don't teach them not only what the limits are, but that there are limits and they need to learn how to set them by watching you set the limits for them. So it's not about sending threats to our children. It's about letting them know limits in behavior. When we teach firm limits or boundaries, our children develop self-esteem. Children without limits suffer from low self-esteem and will behave accordingly. Because very often when we don't set limits for them or boundaries, like I said, they'll just act any way they want. And then we respond to them with annoyance or anger or, you know, however we respond when our children are misbehaving. So we set limits in the beginning to teach them how to behave so that they can learn to behave and we don't have responses to them of misbehavior. 
Boundaries also form our children in the behavior that will help them grow in virtue. So if you have a boundary with your children, no hitting your sibling, it helps them grow in respect for others. Boundaries in the way they dress teaches them modesty. Just because your child doesn't feel like wearing clothes doesn't mean they can walk around without clothes. We have to teach them there's a boundary that they have to wear clothes. That teaches them modesty. Boundaries of playing nicely with other children teaches them generosity. Boundaries in the way they eat, eating only at meal or snack time, teaches them moderation. Boundaries in keeping their room clean teaches them orderliness. And boundaries in responding to our requests. So here's a boundary. I ask you to do something. You will do it when I ask you. That's justice and obedience. And if we don't enforce our boundary when we ask them to do something, and we either say we're going to count until they do it, or we're going to ask them five times, or we're going to end up losing our patience and yelling at them, we're not teaching them the boundary of responding to requests, and we're not teaching them justice and obedience. Also remember that the boundaries that we set for our children are also boundaries for ourselves. So if you have a small child and they're in the high chair and they've got a little sippy cup and they throw the sippy cup over the edge of the high chair and we pick it up and we say, no, no, don't do that. And we give them the cup back and they throw it over again and we pick it up and we say, no, no. And we keep doing that over and over and over again. We're not setting a boundary that they can't keep throwing their tippy cup over the edge of the high chair. But if they do it once and we say no, no, and we give it back to them and they do it again, we just take the cup away. That's the boundary and the consequence. Or if you're someone who tolerates sibling arguing, if you let your children argue with each other, disrespect each other, you're not setting the boundary of teaching them to get along, to work out their differences without being disrespectful or arguing. So you step in and you say, There's no arguing in our home. And if you have a conflict, let's learn how to seek to resolve it. Now, depending on the age of the children, you'll say that with different words, but you'll keep the boundary that your children respect each other. Maybe it's disrespect in the way they speak to you. If you don't have a boundary that when they speak to you, they must speak to you with respect, or that when you speak to them or ask them to do something, they have a tantrum and it's okay, you're not setting boundaries on appropriate behavior. And I would even suggest, there's a lot of talk out there now that just let them have their tantrum and just ignore it. Really? You're not setting a boundary that tantrums are not acceptable behavior. Now, if you want to do that and live through those years of watching them have tantrums and you just think, I just keep ignoring it, they'll stop. Okay, good luck. I'm not sure that's going to happen. We have to help our children understand what acceptable behavior is. And a tantrum is not acceptable behavior. Not for a two-year-old and not for a 22-year-old. That doesn't mean that we don't help them process their feelings. They may not like what we've said or what we've asked, We can help them process those feelings, but we don't process the feelings by letting them behave in a way 
any way that they want to behave. Okay, here are some places to set boundaries with their sleep. You have a set bedtime and a set get-up time. And they're not allowed to get up earlier than the time you say. Now, I've talked about this before. I think I should probably get some kickbacks on this particular item that you can get. (laughs) It's one of those child alarm clocks that has a red, the, the light goes red when they cannot leave their rooms, and it's green when they can. And so you decide when they go to bed, what time they're able to get up. And if they wake up, they can just lay there quietly, or they can pick up a book in their room and just read quietly until the light turns green. That's a boundary. Because if your children are getting up at five in the morning, you're not teaching them to have limits on their self-will. Just because they're awake doesn't mean they have to get up. Again, it's according to how old your children are, and you have to look at that circumstance in your own life. Setting boundaries with routines and habits. They need to have a certain morning routine, which consists of habits done before they can do anything else. So if they get up and they want to read while they eat breakfast, but that's making them late for school, then a boundary is they cannot read while they're eating breakfast. They eat breakfast, they get themselves ready to go to school, and then they can read. That's your boundary. Boundary with food, I talked a little bit about that before, where they don't eat whatever they want whenever they want. You can't. Why do we let children do it? Have clear meal times and snack times. And they can eat then. And they can't eat whatever they want. Diet of all sugar may make them feel good for a moment, but it makes them crazy. So (laughs) be very clear on what your boundaries are with what they can eat. Boundaries with toys. This may be a big deal after Christmas now. How many New things were brought into the home. And do you want all those things? And if you don't, set the boundary and say, okay, we can have this many things. So what would you like to give to children who don't have toys of their own that might like your toys to play with? What would you like to do? What toys would you like to give? Boundaries with playing with others. We talked a little bit about that already making sure that they respect other people and that they are being respected. So if you're in a little play group and maybe uh, other children are being mean to your children, help your child come to you and say, so-and-so hit me or this was not nice or whatever. Helping your children establish boundaries for themselves in the way they treat others and in the way others treat them. Boundaries in speech, always respect in your home. It is a serious lack of boundary to allow your child to say, I hate you. Children should not be allowed to disrespect their parents like that. They may not like what you asked them to do or what you said. They cross a boundary when they say, I hate you. Create that boundary. It's so important Remember, you're creating boundaries for their behavior of who they're going to be as adults and boundaries in your personal space. So many times I see uh, parents and children together and the parents have no boundaries for their own personal space. So I may be speaking to a parent and the child, even older children, like eight and 10 years old, just come up and say, mom, 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 and demand attention immediately. 
there's a boundary that should be in place where that child, even a three or four-year-old, can learn that when mom or dad is speaking to someone else, they wait quietly. They may say, excuse me, once, and that's it. And the mom can turn to the child and say, I'll be with you in just a minute. Teaching your child that just because they want your attention doesn't mean they automatically get your attention all the time is really important because we help our children understand that people have personal space boundaries. We don't want our children to expect that when they demand attention from someone else, whether it's a friend or a coworker or their spouse, that they should get it automatically. So make sure you have boundaries in your personal space and you're teaching your children to honor those boundaries. All right, here are some ways to create boundaries. Number one, say what you mean and mean what you say. That's so important. It is like <laughs> the foundation of parenting. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Know why you have the boundary and what the consequences will be for that boundary and communicate that to your child. Watch your delivery and your tone. Don't be angry. Don't be sarcastic. Just explain to them why you are enforcing the boundary. And don't let them pull you in with arguments or tantrums. Continue to enforce the boundary. If you want to give your children choices in your boundary, like this, you may play nicely together without arguing, or you can play in your room alone. That's creating a boundary, and they can make a choice on what they want to do. Keep it simple without lecturing or explaining. And allow the consequences to do the teaching. So if you told them to play nicely together without arguing, or they would have to play alone, then they have to play alone. You could decide to do that for 10 or 15 minutes, or depending on how old they are. Maybe it's a half hour. I remember a couple of days, <laughs> we were homeschooling, and I had seven children home and they all went to seven different places because it was just a bad rough day in the family they couldn't get along and so they all spent the day apart you know what it was really nice it was nice for them because they appreciated the importance of their siblings and it was nice for me because I didn't have to keep getting involved we just all separated and did our own thing follow through calmly and be consistent and strong Children feel the most secure around parents who are strong, who don't allow the limits they place on their children to crumble. Firm, not mean, firm and authoritative. So authoritarian is where we discipline from a place of emotion. Authoritative is where we discipline from a place of firmness, of authority. We are the parent and it is our responsibility to teach our children. Now, as the children go older, the guardrails or boundaries will adjust. But be clear that the adjustment is because they're showing more responsibility. Remember, freedom according to their responsibility. And you may need to pull the boundaries back in if they're not responsible with their freedom. So if you have a boundary that when your teen goes to someone's house and there's alcohol there, they need to leave the house or call you to come pick them up. 
And if they don't do that, they'll have the consequences of not being allowed to go to friends' homes for a certain amount of time. Sometimes you might not always know. And so you have to be really careful in helping your children be honest and understand why that boundary is so important. We always told our children, if you go to someone's house and there's alcohol there, tell them that you don't feel well or whatever. Make up something and then call us and we'll come pick you up and no questions asked. You will not be in trouble. We will completely honor you for having the courage to live our boundary. And we did have it with a couple of our children. We also had (laughs) a boundary that was broken and there was alcohol there and our teen did drink and they suffered the consequences. And they were pretty serious consequences. In fact, we asked this child, I'm not going to say if it was a son or daughter, we asked this child, what do you think the consequences should be? And they told us, and we thought, okay, that's pretty good. We'll take those consequences. When our children went off to college, we had boundaries there. They were not allowed to go off campus freshman year. We were concerned about their safety. And when one of them did... (laughs) They had some pretty serious consequences from us. So boundaries adjust according to their responsibility. And then as they show more responsibility, they gain more freedom. And I want you to consider that as adults, we all have self-imposed boundaries. Why? Because we've learned to keep ourselves safe and in good relationships with others. When we have a boundary of not watching, you know, R-rated movies that have sexual content, it's because we know that by doing that, it's not good for us. It's probably not good for our relationship with our spouse. So we put that boundary in. When we break our own boundaries and engage in behavior that's not good for us, we certainly suffer the consequences. So setting boundaries for your children is an act of love. I don't want you to fall into the, he'll be mad at me, or she will have a tantrum if I set a boundary here, and then let the children behave any way they want. Don't do that. Don't let your children decide how an adult should behave. They have no idea. That's your job to teach them. And I want you to remember this final point. Boundaries help children learn how to set limits for themselves and develop self-discipline, which in turn contributes to their self-esteem. Okay, if you have not rated or reviewed this podcast and you like what you're hearing, I would really, really appreciate it if you would do that. Here's the thing. When someone searches by subject a certain podcast, Apple will show them results according to how many reviews and ratings a podcast has. So I'd be really grateful if I could increase my reviews and ratings so that I can help a lot of other moms. It'll just take 30 seconds, maybe a minute. And for those of you who have done it, I am really, really grateful. I read all the reviews. I used to start reading them here on the podcast. And then just to be honest, I I was overwhelmed um, with how kind so many people were and the things that they said that it just felt uncomfortable for me to read them out loud. But Anyway, thank you so much. And if you haven't done it, I would really appreciate it. All right, take care. Have a great week.
Do you have a life coach who helps you be the woman you want to be? The woman God has called you to be? Who helps you sort through your marriage or parenting difficulties and helps you create the mindset you need to embrace your vocation with joy and gratitude? If you're looking for a coach, I would be so honored to help you. Email me at Janet at FindingJoyInMotherhood.com.